This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Here we are again back for this next episode as we are uh, continuing on as we look at these kind of four principles of how to speak better every week and so this is part two so uh, last episode we jumped into it we looked covered uh, the first couple and so TJ as we jump back into this um, you know as I'm kind of presenting them you're responding to them how about you review for us uh, the first two yeah Uh, the first one was know your job as a pastor speaker or preacher and so kind of knowing that responsibility. And then some of the subcategories that we talked about was speaking every week to the same audience is very different than a conference speaker or evangelist, right? So knowing that you are moving them in a direction, you're not having just the same content, or we talked about having maybe five or six, seven different sermons that you kind of continue to go through and rotate. Um, You know, you're talking as you laid it out, multiple things you're going through the bible you could have a gospel you could have an old testament book it's just different in nature and in that because some of those guys get to polish those so to speak uh, sermons that they have because they're the ones that they do don't compare yourself to other speakers and i know that this has been something that uh is difficult right because we see guys whether that's we were talking about sports before we got on today we always are uh the imitators that is one of our gifts. And so if you've ever heard somebody like uh, do somebody's impersonation of their voice, we love it. I think that we are meant to be uh, impersonators uh, because I think that's part of what God has for us to be like Jesus, that we can mimic and we can do those things. So don't compare yourself to anyone other than as being a Christ follower, at least when it comes to speaking for sure. Uh, Consider... Another one was consider my job as a preacher each and every week is to teach people how to interact with the text and fall in love with the scriptures. So um, not only giving them uh, the fish, so to speak, but teaching them how so that when we're not there, they have the opportunity to dig in on their own and that God can continue to speak to them. And then you can use uh, sermons to cast vision, mission, uh, core values, and keep them familiar. So again, developing a preferred future, maybe even a vernacular of when you say something, I think of uh, Tommy has one of those at Cloverdale. If you honor God, he will will honor you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So if you've been a part of that uh, congregation, that would be one of those that you would understand. And I'm sure if you've been a part of ours, um, you know, you, you understand those pieces because people know where you're going. And so don't use sermons to call out people or situations from the stage. I talked about uh, that that could be a pitfall, right? And again, as believers, we know Matthew 18 for conflict resolution, all those things. We won't go into great detail there, but 
you know, addressing those in a manner as being a leader, uh, pastor, elder, whatever you may have as your responsibility um, to, to know that uh, not from the pulpit, it just gets messy in, in some of those things. Number two, develop a teaching plan in advance. Uh, you talked about that you do yours in a one-year chunk. Usually that happens every fall, September, October. You plan out the entire next year. And so you'll go and, and you'll have this time away to, to set that. And that helps you uh, truly teach the entire Bible. Again, in making that roadmap, every year you uh, put in the minimum of a gospel, an Old Testament series, a New Testament series, a topical series, um, and you also one that will challenge yourself with a series each year that is kind of maybe out of your comfort zone. Um, do something that stretches you or scares you, something that you're not familiar with. So you have to dig deeper into that and make sure that uh, you're growing as well as those that you're teaching. And so one of those, again, for you, you mentioned would be sometimes topical is tougher. Uh, in that where, say for me, topical might be a little bit easier. So find your sweet spot. Again, for that is going through books, chapter by chapter. Uh, you might find topical or verse by verse or character studies, regardless of your sweet spot, mix it up. So again, if I am a topical, you're not, we need to make sure that we're conscious of having that and mixing it up finding that balance. And what's interesting, I don't know if you've processed this, this is a side note, is uh, when intentionally doing that, you'll also have different responses from people. If they're uh, the people we talked about in, in one that you're speaking to on a weekly basis, they will notice it to some degree and they'll say like, oh, well, I really enjoyed this for, and you can kind of pick up on the back end why those came to be. Um, oh yeah, 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 exactly. Cause I think out, not just as a speaker that you have a sweet spot, but notice the people that are listening to you have a preferred type of sermon that they like to hear. Right. So, yeah. So like you said, you might have somebody to react to at your topical series, like for me, which is typically usually once or twice a year, uh, you know, yeah, they might respond to that series differently than they respond to kind of my sweet spot, right. Of covering books chapter by chapter. So yeah, great point. And sometimes you feel like that might be, um, not necessarily your strength, but it resonated with them. And you've been working with that person in a discipleship thing or, or praying for them. And that's kind of a breakthrough. And so anyhow, when you have those moments, those are great. Uh, makes holidays, seasonal shifts easier to manage Easter as we're about to roll into that season and Christmas, very important. Um, and then also manage the summer months with a long book series, four to six weeks is kind of what you put in there for a series time frame and a timeline. Uh, one of the things that we talked about with that summer is it allows people that are maybe floating in and out, if they have vacation and they know where we're going and they can catch up and they can still have those engagement moments. And so that was one. Uh, Building breaks for yourself, help manage vacations, time away, guest speakers, also good uh, for your own health. And after a challenging series plan, an easier one, uh, Christmas series is always a break. You said that you use a curriculum or a resource to help accomplish that. So I think those are intentional. I've been doing some of that in our uh, planning throughout the year. We're doing a year calendar because um, we're living this out too. We have, I had the big whiteboard out and we were putting some of these things down and uh, just finding that, that rhythm and knowing ahead of time helps us better prepare for uh, 
uh, not only those that come on those specific holidays, but to communicate, to supplement those things with uh, not just a head knowledge, but maybe accompanying that with a outreach or a faith in action type moment. And so those are always important. Okay, next one was in, in part two was teaching plan enables better creativity and graphics, illustrations. I was just talking about that in series goals. Where do we want to be at the end of this? Or what would we like to have um, laid at the foot of the cross for a revelation for God to, to speak to us? And then the last one would be to hold the plan with open hands. Like this is not the gospel. It is our stewardship and our intentionality to come together to do what we can to be uh, wise stewards of that. But at the same time, there could be something that God speaks into that uh, as we've lived the last two plus years in pandemics. And as we sit here now, you know, we, we find ways to be praying and uh, trying to lift up those that are affected by the things that are happening in the Ukraine and otherwise. I mean, that we never know what is coming our way, but we know the one to go to and who has the answers in the midst of those crises. So um, that kind of that kind of ties up the last one there. And we had a lot that we talked about. So if you want more detail, go back to that, obviously. But now we're starting and we have the last two points that we're going to talk about today's show. And in that, it is number three, establish a weekly prep routine. So run us down that, B. What does that look like um, in this establishing this routine in a weekly basis? Yeah, so thanks for that. Again, thanks for the summary and kind of your uh, reactions just to these first two. And I think as I realized, kind of the first two are kind of really big picture type of concepts, right? Of, okay, you know, we, yeah, we're looking at the whole year. We're looking at kind of our, our bigger picture reason we are preaching every week, kind of those kind of things with the first two. Um, now, as we jump into three and four, these are kind of, these are a lot smaller perspective ones, right? These are kind of week to week principles. And so, like you said, definitely, uh, as you look at those bigger picture ones, I'll just tell you literally this last week, I adjusted my yearly teaching plan because of just some different things that came up, you know, like, we ended up actually canceling our um, our mission trip for next summer. So I had an extra week to work in and then I had, to, we had an outside speaker that was going to come in. And so, you know, so we shifted everything by, you know, so again, we just, we shifted it, right? I mean, it's open hands to do that. And I think to that point is I think part of that open hands is realizing how the Holy Spirit guides you in this prep process and that plan, but he will also guide you on when you need to change it, right? And when you need to adjust it. And to say that, as I look back through the pandemic, is I was so thankful for my teaching plan. And there are times, and again, I see God's hand in it because every time we've gone through the last few years and those things hit, hit I did not have to adjust my teaching plan at all throughout those the pandemic times and yet was able to address biblically everything that was going on. Uh, because obviously God already knew what was coming, right? When I sat down and planned out that year. And, and like I said, coming back, that was a huge testament you know, to the, how the Holy spirit was active in that planning process, because I felt like, and even people in my church are like, man, that was just so on point with everything we're dealing with. And, you know, through the pandemic and through all the turmoil in our world. And, and I'd never strayed from my teaching plan. So uh, again, we just see that. So we, we get those bigger picture concepts. Now we're jumping in again, like I said, kind of with a, a finer tooth comb, we're getting out the magnifying glass. We're going to zoom in here and kind of week to week, uh, more day-to-day -day type of principles. So as we said, number three is to establish a weekly prep routine. So one to say is when I sit down to work on a sermon and I do work on my sermon, like I have a weekly prep routine that I go through, you know, when I'm going to speak on a Sunday, I, I start literally on Monday, I start with a routine that I typically go through every week to prepare for that. And 
Now, again, I think that routine is a little easier because I have the bigger picture plan already planned out. Right? And again, I, I encourage you, if you don't have a teaching plan to sit down and evaluate your prep for a sermon on Sunday and see how much time you spend narrowing down your topic or deciding where you're going to go or what I'm going to speak on that week. Right? If you sit down on Monday, right, or whatever your routine's like, if, you're mon if Monday's your day off, so you're sitting down on Tuesday, right, or, or probably more typical, unfortunately, for a lot of pastors is like, do we, we intend to start it on Tuesday, right, but then things come up, right, we get back in, and, and it's maybe Thursday or Friday before we start. Uh, the reality is we probably will all hate to admit that we've all had a Saturday night special, right, where you sit down, you start your prep and end your prep on Saturday night to preach it Sunday morning, right? Um, so the, the whole goal of this, I know, shocker, I, I'm, I don't know, what, uh, will you admit you've ever done that, TJ? I, I, will. Yeah, well, and finalizing my sermon and sermon prep is always a Saturday because we have things here. And so even if it's further along, wherever it's at in the process, I always end with some Saturday. So I would say, um, yeah, I can admit that, there's going to be something that uh, is, is even if it's where I think it's done, I come in on Saturday to kind of usually finish it with a fine tune comb. I would say that's sure. more likely than not. So, yeah. yeah. So now to say that again, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do any sermon prep on Saturday. And in fact, I think you should, that's, that is actually a part of, of my weekly routine too, yeah. um, you know, is fit and finish and polish on Saturday. However, but if you're starting it on Saturday, that's when it becomes a problem. Right. And um, so, so again, and honestly, that's one of the reasons why I developed this weekly routine was to make sure and hold myself accountable that I wouldn't end up there. Right. Because I found myself there too often, you know, and, and then you just have this pressure on you about like, I just have to say something. And so, you know, instead of ruminating a text or really, you know, taking time to prep it, you just come up with something to fill the time. And, and, and the reality is that God deserves better than that. And so does your congregation. And so with that said, right, here's my weekly, um, weekly prep routine. Um, I have some benchmarks or like goals that I have set throughout the week. And again, your week's going to look different than mine. And, and I have, you know, there are some people that, um, again, if it's your personality or your style where you like to just kind of lock yourself in your office, you know, for four hours and you just, and you just do it. And, and then you have your entire sermon done in that time. And that's the way that you work Then plan it that way. Right. In fact, we think about, you know, again, I've worked, that's how Tom does a lot of his prep, right. He'll just, he just does it all at once and he's done. Um, you know, again, I can't do that. That's not the way that my mind works. That's not the way that, that my personality works. Like I have to chip away at it through the week. Right. And so, and we also know that sermon prep is not our only task or responsibility we have throughout the week. And so, so again, I, I intermingle it throughout the week and I just work on it between stuff, between meetings, between, you know, conversations, whatever it is. And I said, and I found, again, that's what works for me. That's like my sweet spot. And so I have built my routine around that, that, that knowing that about myself. And so, and also my day off is Friday. And so I have built my weekly routine around my day off as well to make sure that I actually have it off. And so again, if your day off is Monday, then it's going to look different, right? Or if it's midweek or whatever it is, right? Just, but, but make sure, and that's again, part of the point of doing this is to make sure that you're not working on your sermon on your day off right? That you actually uh, get your day off. So, so my, uh, my weekly benchmarks and goals for the week. Now I do, I, again, I didn't say they're goals because I don't always hit them. Right. But, but if I do, but if I don't hit them, I know I'm behind and I know how to make up. Right. And, and to make that up through the week. So I don't end up doing 
everything on Saturday. Um, so, um, like I said, I come in Monday, like I start now again, I already know where I'm going. So, and I already kind of have my text because of my, my yearly plan. So I come in and kind of on Monday is where I start. And that's where I, you know, I start with the blank word document and with my text or my series, you know, again, this week is Joseph week three. I'm doing a series on, on Joseph, the old Testament. Right. So I know where that is. I kind of have the outline already laid out. So I know what my text is. And so I, again, on Monday, I start that prep and I start reading that, that text and just kind of, you know, reading it over and over, like, um, ruminating in it, seeking the Lord, praying, you know, like, okay, Lord here. And I start with the text. And I think that's important. Again, that's one of my, my own thing is again, my goal, bigger picture goal is to represent the text. Right. So, so I start there, like, I don't start with an illustration. I don't start with, you know, any of that, like you start, I start with a text and I just start reading it and praying through it. Um, just, you know, studying it uh, through that. And I start literally with just with the text. I don't go to commentaries until later in the week. Right. Because I want to hear from the Holy Spirit first before I hear from a from a commentator. Right. Um, you know, and so so again, like it, whether that's it's books or, you know, logos or, you know, just Internet resources. I'm sure we all kind of have our regular things that we go to for resources for study and prep. Um, but I start with a text before I go to any of those resources. So go through that. But my goal, my first goal is to have my main outline um, and, you know, main points, main text. Um, and, and we, we, we put a sermon outline in the, in the bulletin every week and it's a handout. And so people take notes on it every week. And in fact, people look forward to that, but my goal is to have that outline, that illustration or not illustrations, that outline and that handout completed by end of day on Wednesday. And so part of that too, is just, we have our staff meeting is Wednesday morning. So that's also where we are proofing the bulletin, right? And so that fits into, again, my admins weekly task list and schedule is like, if she gets my outline by Wednesday, end of day, then that helps her too. Right. So, um, so then she has, you know, again, she can get her work done on time. Right. And not be scrambling for the weekend. So, um, so that's the first benchmark for me is to have uh, that handout done, which means I have the main outline done right by end of day on Wednesday. And then on Thursday is where I work on the discussion questions on illustrations and polish. Right. Again, work on the flow of it, that, you know, illustrations. Um, again, I write discussion questions every week because we have small groups that, that do sermon follow up discussions every week. And that's kind of the core of our small group program, which that's a, probably a whole nother conversation. But I write the questions for that. Right. And everything I cut out of my sermon um, through my prep from Monday through Wednesday is typically what ends up in those discussion questions. Cause you know, again, usually the text, the topic, whatever it is, there's way more content that I find, you know, in my study and prep time, then I have time to share from the stage on Sunday morning. And so that content ends up in those discussion questions. And so part of that on Thursday is deciding what direction to take those questions in and like what, again, all of that, right. So I try to get all of that done by end of day on Thursday. And like I said, that's my goal because if I'm there, right. And I, I have my illustrations one, it gives me, if I'm going to do an illustration that takes some prep, then I still have, you know, I still have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to get the prep done for that illustration, right. To get the, the prop done or the, you know, the special graphic or whatever it is. Right. Um, so I'll have some time to work on that, but also it means that I can relax on Friday on my day off and not be worried about my sermon. Right. Because I have it basically done before my day off. Um, and then like I said, I take Fridays, my day off Saturday is, is, is not an office day for us at Oregon trail, but it is a do what you have to do day. Right. And so, like I said, some Saturdays we're working on church stuff 
you know, we have meetings, we have whether it's men's breakfast or, you know, whatever it is, right? I mean, Saturday is, again, not an office day, uh, but it is a work day, you know, but it's a flex day. And so, but one of the things that I always do on Saturdays is I make my PowerPoint and I make my own PowerPoints for sermon, uh, for my sermon. So on Sunday, and I purposely leave that to Saturday because then it, after my day off, after the weekend, even if it is Saturday night, but it naturally um, makes me review my sermon Saturday night before I then deliver it on Sunday. And so, so like I said, I, I, again, that's something that maybe a lot of pastors have their admins do or give to their secretary or their assistants or whatever, you know, to make their PowerPoints. I know that that's something that I know a lot of my other pastor friends, they don't make their own PowerPoints or their overhead presentations. Like I said, I have always kept that for myself. Um, I did at the beginning as a youth pastor, I had to, cause I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have anybody, you know, under me. So I had to do it. Um, so it's just, it's just built into my regular time. And like I said, for me, um, one, I can do it quickly cause I've done it for so many years. Um, you know, and so it, it doesn't take me very long to make it, but it also, like I said, it's a natural review for me on Saturday before I deliver on Sunday morning. So then the good thing about this routine is then it does help me then on Sunday morning when I wake up my regular routine on a Sunday morning before church is so I'm not worried about my sermon at all. I'm not like trying to figure out my, you know, Oh, what's how this point's going to fit in? Or should I do this illustration? Like that's all been decided days ahead. And so I can spend Sunday morning. Uh, I typically spend Sunday morning in prayer, um, you know, and just building myself up spiritually, not about worrying about my content. And so that um, that's a huge help for me. And I think helps me to even present better, right? Because again, I've been ruminating with it all week. And so again, the reality is you need a weekly prep routine, one to keep yourself online, but also to make sure that you do put in the time that it takes to, to give a good message. And and I would say is that you need to put in that time and not just in prayer and research, but, or not just in writing the tune, but you need to be meditating on your text, your topic in your research, like the commentaries, those kind of things, and also spend time in prayer in a part of that, that um, prep routine. And like I said, a big part of that for me is Sunday morning is just, you know, present saying, Lord, I need you to use that. Obviously I'm praying through the week. And, and again, if it's a tough topic, it's a tough, tough text, those kinds of weeks, I pray more, right. than than others, because I'm just like, Lord, I really need you to help me as, as I, you know, what do you need me to communicate through this? And so, but the reality is your preparation is the difference between a good message and a great message. And I think that's because again, that prep time. And I found that for me, if I don't put in the prep, if I don't stay to my weekly routine and stay on track through the week, um, it might be a good message and God can still use it but um, it's likely not going to be a great one, right? And I've, I've found those ones that have been really great messages. That's the difference, right? Is my, the time I put in, you know, the week before I deliver it. Yeah, no, I think that that's all helpful. Um, again, you might have people that are listening to this might have, again, a little bit different schedule. Some of those things could be in your part there. Uh, I served at a church that we had a Saturday night service. And so you have to bump everything up a day, um, even sure. if you the same, you know, method that you're using is just making sure I liked that because kind of the, the reasons you described is being ready for Sunday. Not that you ever gave Saturday night, um, you know, as like a trial run, but it did give you this, you know, or those that have multiple services, sometimes you adjust, right? Like oh, yeah. in mid flow, like if you have a first service and a second service, uh, many are probably guilty. I know I am of saying like, 
this or maybe you just scrapped that illustration because you thought it was going to be great but it truly and wasn't. it didn't work like absolutely yeah it never, it never quite took off and so again knowing those going back to it one of the things i i appreciate in doing it i don't know that i'm as rigid from the standpoint of having like defined um dates like you said for days um but being ahead of the sermon for the week one of the things that i do appreciate is like you start to look for it right in that filter you can speak more clarity and you can you know often one of the things that i always find that's super beneficial is you know you'll get those questions of how do you know god's real and when you're looking for it especially in that week in with that filter of understanding it it makes it so real to where you can say why well, no because i saw god show up this week this way and so mm-hmm. it just makes it more palatable but I know that as I go through that, even though I said like a lot of final stamping stuff will come on um, Saturday for me, um, it's super helpful as you go through the week and you're looking at it because it, you're, you're, you're allowing God to show up in those ways and it's in the forefront. So I really enjoy that part of it, uh, making sure that you have time and those things. Again, everybody's going to be a little different. Uh, I know pastors that I've served under, like you said, they can knock out a in four hours and you're like what like it takes me longer than that like my research into that before i sit down and do pen to paper uh is is more than four hours just on on the topical piece or or the biblical understanding again looking at all those different complexities whether that's uh you know reading the commentary or otherwise like you're like man i got a lot here um so anyhow i appreciate that i think it's good to have those um I think that those are really great opportunities for us to uh, be prepared. And again, knowing that uh, no one really, I think, appreciates flying in on a Sunday morning and being like, okay, I haven't even quite gone over this. How long is it? But again, in those, I know that probably you've figured out and I have almost a template of like what my sermon looks like. So like, as my media team gets it, I have like at the top, kind of like it's almost uh, like a set list of things of like what was the last song do we have a transitional video someone reading a live scripture Um, and then you know I'll have like my announcements in my sermon so that as we go through they know when I'm going to use that scripture and things like that so all those things but no one wants to roll in uh, Sunday morning and be like I haven't gone through this yet obviously I can tell obviously we have the gift sometimes of being able to uh, stretch a time frame, but, yeah. uh, I now know like, Hey, for me, uh, in font 16, so that I can read it on my iPad and it's not super small. Uh, I'm going to be anywhere from probably nine to 12 pages in word. That's just going to be what it is. And so I have, like I said, a word to word, I don't do an outline. Um, but anyhow, I get those and I have to get those to my media team. Um, usually, they would like it sooner than they get it from me, but it is always there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You, you know, and, and I think this is the reality though of speaking every week. And like you said, uh, this is one of the differences because they're kind of one of the old adages, right? For pastors is that Sunday's always coming, right? And just, you know, you, we always have that pressure of like, man, like the next week is going to be here so, so soon. And so again, establishing this regular routine, whatever that routine is, like I said, and it might be very different than mine. And that's fine. Again, there's nothing magical about mine, but it works for me. Right. And like you said, I have my own template and I kind of know 
you know, again, what, and, and every pastor is different to you. And like, you know, what they take up on the stage with them, how they get, you know, again, some pastors take a word for word transcript. Like I, I, you know, I'm not that guy. Like I, I mean, I take up just bullet points and that's, and, you know, but again, I've, I have, I have my outline and, and the way that I use, I use two different fonts. And so like, again, that's just one of my pet peeves. I was like, if you have an outline and then, and then, you know, then you have the things on the screen and, and if you don't say them, right. Or, or if you, you know, you don't use it, like I've, I've heard some, that's just one of my pet peeves when someone's like, you know, they go through their sermon and they're thinking like, Oh wait, there's like four fill-ins left. I didn't do. And they just give you the fill-ins at the end. You're like, okay, why is it even up there? You didn't even talk about it. Like, so, and so again, that's just, that's in my prep and my, you know, like I said, my kind of template is like, I literally have in there, all the fill-ins are in a different font. Right. And I just kind of lay it out to where, so that I know I'm going to hit it. And, and so, and I need to hit it, you know, at the right place and in the, or, and, the, and in the right order. Right. And again, that's the other thing where, you know, again, I've heard speakers and, you know, preachers and they're like, go up and they're like, Oh, you know, I mean, they make the points, but they're all a different order than the PowerPoint slides. And I, I don't know, to me, that's just one of my personal pet peeves. And so I, I, I put in a lot of effort right into my prep routine to make sure that, that I don't do that because it just drives me crazy when people do. So yeah. Um, anyways, all good points, all those things. And when you get to it again, the preparation is so that you're better prepared. It's not to fall in love with a thing that sucks the Holy spirit out of it. Like, Oh, I only need to be nine to 12 pages. Please don't hear that part from where we're saying this and, and stuff like that. But it also does when you establish a rhythm, you can also start to know those things like corporate uh, communion for us is the first Sunday of the month. Uh, the 27th of this month here in March, uh, we're going to have baptism. So I know uh, if I have more than nine pages on that part, I'm going to probably go long and I need to communicate that to the children's pastor. So I don't just have like a bunch sure. of kids in chaos running around. So like, there's a lot of reasons to why we do these things. Um, but again, that was going back to the open hands piece. Well, I want to touch on four so that we can kind of wrap this up before, you know, we, we draw this to an end, but you have down here represent God well. And I think that's kind of what we are. We're Christ followers. We're ambassadors. Oftentimes as we communicate this to our people, they are the, maybe the only expression of Christ that someone might see in that week. And we are that as well to them, as far as doing that. Someone, I was talking to a pastor this week and she said, I'm a professional prayer <laughs> and, and, and those things. But, you know, the reality is that we do and we have uh, a great responsibility. So go ahead and jump into number four, represent God yeah. well and explain that. Yeah, so, no, so like I said, number four, represent God well. And I, I really put this down because, um, I, again, it kind of goes back. It kind of pulls everything that we've already talked about, these first three, into, back into the number four. You know, again, of like, what what is our goal and purpose as a, as a preacher, pastor, speaker every week? You know, again, we have our plan. We have our weekly routine to get, and it all culminates into this, you know, on Sunday morning when we deliver. But this is not just about delivery. I think this is a lot of it. It's, uh, and I think it is delivery. Like you said, like you will be the voice that is representing scripture to the, to a lot of your congregation, you know, especially again, we're all, most of us are online, right? You have no idea who's going to hear this message and, and sermon, and so again, I think make sure that you represent God well in what you say and what you present and, and how you teach his word, because at the end of the day, it is God's word. It's not our word. Right. And, and again, it, the, the reality is the power is in the text, right? It is in the, the scriptures and because, and God wrote that. Right. And so we just, and our job as speakers is to represent God, right. And to teach that. And, and with that said is my job isn't 
to stand on the stage and give my opinion, right, about a topic. Now, now obviously, my opinion plays into it, right, because it, it plays in, but but it's more about the way. Again, are we interpreting scripture well, not just to to not just to give it, you know, to represent or support my own preconceived ideas? And yeah, again, that's using scripture out of context, right? Which we obviously don't want to do that. If we're using scripture out of context, we're not representing God well. Um, I think the other, also the the pulpit, like I said, I kind of talked about it before, but I really feel like on Sunday morning, again, the pulpit and me as a preacher, it is not a place for me to, to share my personal agenda, right? Again, I need to, I'm presenting God's perspective, not Brian's. And, and so, and again, I need to represent God well on that. Um, the other thing is that, they, and that it kind of takes the pressure off, right? Of, of me having to be the perfect example all the time. Right. Or me always having to have a personal illustration that fits in the text perfectly. Um, you know, and again, we all have our own stories and experiences, our own jokes and those kind of things that that play into, you know, our sermons in some ways. And and sometimes those stories from our own lives are the perfect illustration. But a lot of times they're not. And a lot of times, right. And, and especially speaking every week, like you will run out of stories. You will run out of situations, right, to to use out of your own life to represent you know, these things. And so um, that's where, you know, I feel like a lot of times I hear pastors, that's when they always, you know, throw their kids under the bus or throw their wife under the bus, right? Or they're, you know, they're always in this in the sermon illustration because they're just really stretching for, you know, their just content out of their own lives to illustrate the, the text. And I'd say like, you don't have to always do that, right? I mean, because God can represent himself, right? And he has, he has written his word and the powers in the text, Right? And the Holy Spirit is the one that saves people. The Holy Spirit is the one that transforms hearts and lives. The Holy Spirit is the one that moves us forward in, in our faith growth and our faith journey. And so with that said, is like, just represent God. Like, and that's ultimately well, and represent him well. Right? And again, make sure that you're using the text, not your own opinion. I think the other side of that is represent God well. And again, kind of mentioned it in the plan, but don't shy away from tough passages or uncomfortable topics, right? Because the scripture addresses it. And so if the scripture addresses it, then you need to address it. Your job is to teach them what the Bible says, right? And because God already said it. And so, you know, and literally there have been times, right? When I've read a tough passage, right? And ones that I'll read it, right? And I'll just pause. I'm like, okay, I understand the tension of the room, right? This is a tough passage. It's a tough thing to hear. Let's all just take a deep breath. Like, and, and I've literally said on the stage, I'm like, I have the same reaction to this text as you. Right. Like this is hard. Like, and I get it, but let's work through it because God said it. So he needs us to know it. And so let's work through it together. Right? And again, that's the part of, again, us representing God well. And, and I think the reality is I've had some of the best reactions, the best um, feedback from some of those, from those types of sermons where we, I hit a tough passage and we just, and we just deal with it head on. Right. And because the reality is people are asking those questions anyways, and scripture speaks to it. So, so should we, right. If we're representing God, well, um, and I, I would kind of side tangent to that, as I would say, you shouldn't be teaching anything from during a sermon that isn't backed up in scripture. Right. Again, because that's when it goes into your own personal agenda or your own opinions. Right. And then you're not representing God. Well, so, yeah. um, so, the, you know, um, and then I think that the end of that part of representing God well is knowing that he is the one who's responsible for transforming people's hearts, 
Again, I can't save anybody. Neither can you. Only God can save somebody. Again, our job is to present the gospel, right? And then whether they, their reaction to that is between them and God. That's not on us. Um, but I think with that said is uh, in representing God, well, is that the last, we just, we need to trust that God is going to use it, right? If we do our part, we represent the text, we do our prep, we, we do all those things, right. Then, then let God use it. And, and it's up to God, how he uses that. Right. But if I represent him, well, then God can, God can do what God's going to do. Now, God absolutely can use a bad sermon, right? In fact, some of, some of my worst sermons, I mean, I'll walk off the stage and be like, God, I'm sorry. That was terrible. Right. And, and like, I, I didn't feel like I represented the text. Well, I feel like I stumbled through it, you know, whatever it would be. Some of those sermons when I've walked off the stage and be like, Lord, I hope that you can use it. Cause I'm sorry. That was, that was bad. Those are some of the sermons sometimes that have the biggest impact on people. Right. And again, it's just a reminder, right. That God is the one that's at work, that God is the one that is that again, he can take my terrible delivery right, of a sermon, and he can still use it, and I'll say the opposite has also been true in my experience, right, is like sometimes when I, if I think, man, this is an awesome sermon, like I did such a good job writing, like that illustration is powerful, like this all came together, like this is awesome, and I think, again, if, and I can get in the way of God, right, in that, and some of those times when I kind of feel like that I did, like it's the best sermon, I'm like this, the flow is great, the timing was awesome, I had a good jokes, like that, you know, I delivered it really well. Like sometimes those are the weeks when like, there's no reaction. Right. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I was the only one that liked it. Right. Um, so to, to say that, like, I think part of that is in representing God. Well, is just, is me getting out of the way. Right. And, and again, not letting my ego or my own, you know, my own agenda get in the way of what God wants to do through that sermon. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I think that these are all parts where, you know, you, like I said, the phrase, we work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God, because ultimately we know that's where it rides. But like, yes, I think these are great things. Thank you for kind of leading us through this. Again, maybe it's, it's a spot where someone that's listening to this today takes uh, a portion of it or they amend kind of their own system that they have. Um, maybe they were just, they had a, a blind spot or something that they wanted to, oh man, that helped. Uh, hopefully that's the case and that you have an opportunity to do that. But, you know, again, what we do and, and how we can communicate that uh, for kingdom work is, is super important. So Brian, thank you for leading us through this um, and sharing from a personal place of kind of how you knock this out. And as we kind of promised in season two, this is kind of the, the format is to make sure that we can get more detail um, for people so they can get that in their hands. And again, this isn't uh, <laughs> the gospel. It's just how we do things and how we can continue to help and encourage those. And, uh, you know, there's so many people, especially as we've walked through this pandemic, that churches have ceased to exist or they're at a spot that they're at a critical mass. And so revitalization of many churches because the scorecard or the way that we reach people may have changed. So uh, we find this to be relevant and, and helpful. So hopefully that does with everyone. So um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the week. But Brian, you got anything else that you want to just kind of send us out on? Yeah, I, I guess I would say, and I, I know, again, our audience is, is varied. I know not everybody's in a, a teaching role, but I think these concepts, I think it will certainly apply to not just, you know, speaking a sermon every week. But again, if you're leading a small group, right, if you're leading a men's ministry or women's ministry or, you know, I, whatever area God's called you in and what role he has you in, I think you can take some of these concepts and apply them, right, to whatever 
you know, your role is in the body of Christ. And, and I guess the other caveat is if you're listening to this and be like, man, my pastor really needs to hear this. Um, I guess be really careful on how you approach that. Um, so, you know, I, again, <laughs> you don't want to, uh, you know, offend your, you know, again, don't, I mean, there, there's a respectful way to bring that up, you know, and again, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, there are people that, um, that think that they know how to do my job better than I do. And, and I'll just tell you, like, I don't receive that very well, usually. So, um, you know, there's, there is a, just a, a, I guess a proper way to, to kind of, to go out that. So, um, but yeah, hopefully it's helpful for you in whatever role that you're in. And, uh, yeah. And just as we continue to dive deeper, uh, you know, whatever church context you're in, whatever role God has you in, no matter what part of the body of Christ you are, whether you, you are the mouth for God every week or whether you're the foot or the hand, right. Or, uh, whatever part of, of the body of Christ you are. Uh, just be true to that role and just do it to the best of your ability. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts2028Podcast or send us an email at Acts2028Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 20:28 20, as we serve in the established church.